by now you probably don't have we don't talk about Bruno stuck to your head all the time anymore, right? The initial encanto may be dying off, but I think we still need to talk about this amazing movie a little longer. Today, on the inaugural episode of Origins of Home, let's talk about why Disney's latest animated movie, Encanto, has become one of my most referenced topics when it comes to a healthy, thriving family life. Welcome to the Origins of Home podcast. I am Mariana Venceslao and I am your host. In the Origins of Home, we are contemplating home, family and life. Join the journey to become a better steward of the skills, resources, and relationships we have. If you don't know what this movie is about, picture this. A young couple with newborn triplets is forced to flee their home in Colombia because of armed conflict. The husband, Pedro, sacrifices himself, giving his wife Alma and three children a chance to escape. Alma, alone with her three children, is given a miracle candle that literally creates a magical house where her and her children can be secluded from the conflicts that are erupting on the country and create and lead a thriving community. Each kid receives a magical ability or gift that matches their personality, and so the family grows with new people and new gifts being added to expand the Madrigal family. This goes on for about 50 years and we reach the story of Mirabel, the only grandchild of Alma without a gift of her own. Mirabel, despite not having a magical gift, sees that her family is endangered because the magic of the candle is fading out. And that problem is correlated to the pressure that each member of the family feels to play the perfect part within the Madrigal family. They can't let the community down. They can't let the family down. They can't let Abuela down. You see, the problem is they started focusing on the magical abilities instead of the people, the gift instead of the relationships. That misinterpretation is making the gift itself go away. So, to restore the gift, the home and the family, they all have to go through, especially Abuela Alma, they all have to go through and realign their hearts and expectations with the truly important things that make the family Madrigal special. This is powerful stuff. A story by such a large corporation as Disney that focuses so beautifully on a multi-generational family that functions as a team. Plus, the animation is stunning, the music by Lin-Manuel Miranda is incredible, and the characters are very reliable. It's a great movie. Well, I saw it in early December 2021, just as it came out, and then again when it came out on Disney Plus on Christmas, and a few times after that. The first time I watched it, my work was slowing down to end the year and I had a Friday afternoon off. And so, my mum, my brother and I went to see Encanto. I was completely immersed in the story. The movie theatre was basically empty. It was a really intimate experience. And I think that first impression made me more attached to the movie itself. 
I think this is now one of my top Disney movies of all time, and that's saying something. I recommend it to all my friends all the time, and I really think there are a lot of lessons for our lives that should be discussed. Not to mention the Christian parallels, and that's what I want to talk about next. First, we have the miracle coming to a family in the darkest moment. Here, a candle brought light to Alma and her children when they were stripped of everything else. She had lost her home, her husband, and she was alone, having to raise her babies with nowhere to go. And this light bearer gave her a new home, a refuge place, a new beginning. This is exactly what Jesus gives us. There are countless testimonies of God finding us when we are at our lowest, with no hope, no future, no perspective, just complete darkness. And He gives us the light of salvation, the Holy Spirit, of His presence, and of a relationship with Him. I know I'm one of these people, and that that reality shakes me to my core every time. So that's parallel number one. Secondly, we have the miracle, the candle, giving each of the magicals one unique ability in the form of magical gifts. These gifts fit each personalities and the person's role within the family and within the community. And the gifts aren't meant to be kept secret or to serve just the individual, nor are they meant to serve just the magicals, but they are made to serve the whole community as well. That community. Is set up around several different families and is thriving because they work together, helping each other. Each person is doing their part to serve the whole. We here in the real world are also given gifts, though not magical per se, but our abilities are God-given and they help point to our role within society. They can be used to help guide our career choices, our ministry, and even our hobbies. So, when you're struggling to figure out what you're here for, what your purpose is, where you fit in, maybe understanding what your gifts are, what God gave you as abilities, can be a helpful tip to figure those things out. Another parallel we have with Christianity is the main story of the movie. Gradually, the focus of Abuela Alma, the focus of the family, shifted from the miracle itself onto the products of the miracle, or the gifts. And that is the beginning of the downfall of the whole family. We see that happening all the time in our lives, and there is a pattern here. We desire a miracle, like a job, a relationship, children, healing from diseases, or whatever the problem we have. So we pray for that miracle, for that problem to be solved. Then God gives us that. Let's go with a job, for example. You're unemployed, praying for a job to sustain yourself and your loved ones. Then God gives you the job. Then you feel it in your heart that you start valuing the job more. Maybe you start thinking that you got the job because you're really good, or because you deserve it, and that you got it on your own. Or you start shifting your priorities, so on and so forth. We've all been there. It happens because our hearts are deceivable. 
But what we need to observe, and what spoke most to me about this parallel that we're making, was that the miracle itself started fading. In the movie, the candle started burning less and less bright. When that happens to us spiritually, that is devastating. These three points for me were the main ones, but I'm sure there are others that can be made. The storytelling in this movie, although it's not perfect, it has some incredible moments. And the one that I really want to mention has to do with Abuela and the song Dos Urguitas. I know my Spanish is not the best, even though my mother tongue is Portuguese, but it's completely different. And this song is in Spanish, and I gotta tell you, I'm not very fond of Spanish. It just... I haven't been able to see the beauty in the language. Maybe until now. This song, Dos Urguitas, really spoke to me and now it's one of one of the songs that I find most beautiful. There are no subtitles, there is nothing to give you pointers, there's nothing to translate the song. So you're just immersed in the story and you're listening to the song in Spanish and you see the story unfold before your eyes. And this song basically shares the story of two caterpillars or urguitas that meet each other but in order to fully grow and be together they have to learn to let go of each other cocoon themselves go through a growth and a transformation journey and then be brave enough to leave the cocoon to find each other again as butterflies while this song is playing we're seeing the story of how Alma and Pedro met for the first time, got married, had children, leave their home, and then we see Pedro go off to try and stop the armed men, and then he perishes. And when the song reaches the cocooning part of the lyrics, we see Alma putting on a black shawl, and that symbolizes her mourning for her husband. But then she goes on to use this shawl for the next 50 years, whenever there is an important family moment going on, like a gift ceremony. This represents that she's still cocooned, she hasn't learned to let go, she's still in mourning after 50 years. And that, the fact that she hasn't learned to grow from this devastating moment, is what keeps her from growing and turning into a metaphorical butterfly. The fact that she hasn't let go and set herself free from that moment is what keeps her from meeting her husband, metaphorically. I mean, there are so many lessons from this movie, it's crazy. I'm sure you can draw the parallel to your life. I sure have with mine. Okay, um, another thing that I want to touch on are the individual characters. I've mentioned before how they are relatable, and usually it's easier to find one character in a story that we identify with the most. 
Within Kanto, I feel like I could identify with most of them. Maybe the songs help with that because they are all very good. So let's start with Mirabel, our protagonist, because we always tend to identify with them first. That's such a classic human thing to do, thinking that we're the center of the story, but let's not get into that. I saw myself in Mirabel when she was denied a gift. She was in front of the whole family, everyone was anticipating it. She was like the golden child, it seems like her and Abuela had a great relationship. Then she's five years old, in front of the whole family, everyone's looking at her, and it's her moment to shine. What is going to be the next gift? What is going to be her shining moment? And then she goes on to touch the door, and nothing happens. In fact, it's not that nothing happens, the door literally vanishes. It's a sign of failure, at least that's how I saw it first. I mean, there, there you are, just put yourself in her shoes. There you are, you're about to go on and get your gift like everyone in the family before you. And you're like, oh, how am I going to be a part of the family now? What is my purpose here? What is the one thing that I'm gonna be great at? And then you're denied that. You, do, you get nothing. How devastating it is when we have that expectation and we're seemingly denied it. But yeah, I saw myself in her in that moment, being denied a gift. And it's not to say that I don't have abilities or that you don't have abilities, but you know, when you expect something so dearly, so intensely, and it's just not the way you want it to be, or it's not in the timing that you want it to be, and you just feel left alone or forgotten. That's, that's really troubling, that's really tough. I also saw myself in Mirabelle when she was left out of the family photo and no one even noticed that she was missing. Like, have you ever felt like that? Like, you don't make a difference? If you're there or not, no one misses you? I saw myself in Mirabelle when she decided to take matters into her own hands, went out to try and fix the miracle by herself. When we strive to take matters into our own hands, saying like, yes, I can handle it, just give me the problem, I'll fix it, is by my own hand. It's usually not. I saw myself in Luisa, Mirabelle's strong older sister, or middle sister, trying to carry all the weights of the world, trying to help everyone. And then again, I saw myself in her, feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders and feeling weak, and not allowing myself to feel weak. I saw myself in Isabella, Mirabel's picture-perfect older sister. Not in the picture-perfect beautiful thing, but I saw myself on the constantly feeling the need to be perfect, to keep appearances, to be whoever everyone else thinks you are, because that is the expected image, that's what everyone expects. So. How can you let everyone down so you make your best to 
be perfect. I saw myself in Antonio, the five-year-old boy, scared of also being denied a gift in front of everyone at his ceremony, being put in the same shoes as his sis as his cousin. I saw myself in Bruno, feeling the need to escape and leave everyone you love behind because your gift was misunderstood and people thought you were crazy. And finally, I saw myself in Abuela Alma, the leader of the family who became bitter as life went on, who couldn't move on, couldn't let go of the past, couldn't let go of her pain. Putting the pressure, and so much pressure, on her loved ones unknowingly, or maybe a little bit knowingly. Putting the pressure on them to be perfect. Being scared of losing everything all over again. And changing my focus from the miracle giver and light bringer to the gift itself. This story gave me a lot to think about and it brought me closer to God in the process. I've always been drawn to narratives with good lessons. Stories are such a good way of getting a point across. And one of the reasons this podcast was thought of was to make these sort of connections between topics that I don't see many people connecting. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. Thank you for listening. This was the first episode of the Origins of Home podcast. If you'd like to leave comments or feedback, you can send us an email over at originsofhomepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to get the show in more people's ears, leaving a review would be lovely. I would also like to encourage you to send this episode to one friend you think will like to hear what we talked about today. You can see useful links for today's episode in the show notes. And that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.